Spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast. Reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Welcome back to Dissecting Dexter for this first proper Season 5 podcast. We've had a couple of podcasts, sort of Season 5 flavoured. Did you catch the one last week? I had a couple of guests on. I was very grateful to Heath and Donald from the United States coming uh, on a call with me. And uh, we really got into the mood for Season 5. We went back and recapped Season 1 to 4, get plenty of opinion from the guys... We had lots of Dexter chat. It was great to uh, relive some of our favourite moments from previous seasons and to come up with a few theories and predictions for how we think season five's going to go. Now, we had a, a fair idea, having seen the previews, and, of course, um, we were not to be mistaken. Episode one did indeed kick off immediately after the events of that tremendous, shocking season four finale. But before we go into discussing what I thought about episode one, I'd just like to just go over a little bit of feedback I got coming out of last week's podcast. We had our two, two and a quarter hour uh, marathon chatting about um, the Dexter series to date. First, I had an email from Amy, Amy Gagopoulos. I hope I've pronounced your name right. Um, she wrote in referring to our query about how closely the series follows the books. Amy writes, Love the season 1-4 to four recap podcast. In it you had the question regarding whether or not the Dexter series would follow the Jeff Lindsay books or not. According to Sarah Colleton and Clyde Phillips, who have both been um, executive producers on the show, Clyde Phillips of course has, has left the show now, Sorry, uh, Amy continues, according to Sarah and Clyde, they said that Showtime owns the rights to Jeff Lindsay's first book. Season one of Dexter was based on the first book. After season one, they drew a line in the sand and said that the seasons would no longer follow the book. Jeff Lindsay is free to continue with the book series, but the TV series will not follow the books at all. Well, thanks, Amy, for writing in and confirming that. I did have a feeling that season one followed the first Jeff Lindsay book and that after that the two diverged, um, but it's nice to have it confirmed and certainly uh, coming from the lion's mouths themselves as to how the TV series would differ from the book. Also, with regard to last week's podcast, I had a bit of feedback via Twitter from Jay Can't Get Enough, who was referring to a couple of excuse me, a couple of queries we had. He says, uh, Dexter first started talking to Harry as opposed to flashing back to Harry in season three. You may remember we were talking about and trying, well, struggling to recall at what point in the series did Dexter start seeing Harry? Obviously we know that he's not really seeing Harry, it's, it's in his head, but at what point in the show did did that all start in the early series he was just well we were just seeing harry through flashback and i well none of us could remember when he started talking to harry and 
Jay Can't Get Enough is confirmed it was in season three, and I've done a little bit of research since, and it was indeed season three, although I can't pinpoint which episode. Maybe someone can write in and, and remind me which episode, because I did have a feeling there were some events that happened in the show that that triggered Dexter talking to Harry. Jay Can't Get Enough also responded regarding the Lila query and at what point she found out that Dexter was a serial killer. And the comment says, Lila realised that Dexter was the Bay Harbour butcher when Dokes told her. This is going back to when Dokes was incarcerated in the cabin out in the swamp. But Lila reacted um, quite unexpected to Dokes. She still wanted to be with Dexter regardless. And, of course, leapt to Dexter's defence, didn't she? And... um, ended up torching the cabin and dokes with it and playing into Dexter's hands. Okay, so thanks guys for that little bit of feedback. I appreciate that. If you want to provide any feedback, um, you can contact me via email, dissectingdexter at gmail.com or you can use one of our two listener lines. In the US, you can call 206-350-6166 or in the UK, you can call 844 5796949 5796949 and enter mailbox ID 08320. Or you can, of course, follow the show on Twitter at Dissect Dexter. Okay, let's get into season five, shall we? So, as the opening titles rolled, the first thing that struck me obviously, we have the traditional Dexter opening titles, but I noticed um, a very notable name amongst the crew and that was one Clyde Phillips who thus far had been pretty much the main showrunner for Dexter. He certainly seemed to be the most prolific among the executive producers and he's still listed in the opening titles although he's listed as a consultant which puzzled me a bit because by all accounts he has left the show, has moved to the east coast and is working on new projects. In fact I think he's recently signed uh, a seven-figure deal with Lionsgate to develop new shows. So I'm not quite sure what Clyde's involvement is now or whether perhaps he had a little bit of input on how he envisaged those first few hours after Rita's death panning out just before he left the writer's room at the end of season four. Because certainly the the preview, one of the preview videos that Showtime released from the writer's room talking about season five, Clyde was nowhere to be seen. So I don't think he's got any significant involvement, if any, in season five. In fact, I would... I would put money on him not having any involvement at all. But I just thought that was interesting. Then, as the show actually opened up, we had a a recap of, well, pretty much Dexter, the series to date. And it was a really nice series of, of clips and images bringing anyone who's not seen the show before right up to date. We had footage of Dokes, we had footage of Lila in there, a lot of old faces popping up. And amongst them was a little snippet of a scene in season one that we've reviewed on Dissecting Dexter, when Dexter and Rita were sharing a candid moment, and they both realised that they want the same thing. And in fact, Rita is quoted in this previously on Dexter montage, saying, a normal life. Now, just a little aside, really, that that sprung to mind. I I remembered when I reviewed that particular episode in the podcast, as I rewatched it, I found it quite emotional, that scene, that conversation, knowing what was still to come, of course, Rita's eventual demise, but I couldn't discuss that 
in the podcast. Of course, it's a spoiler-free podcast. I mean, we're talking about season five now, so um, you know the gloves are off. The spoiler gloves are off. But in the season one podcast, I couldn't refer to what was to come, really, without risking spoiling anybody. And that was a bit frustrating, but re-watching that scene, it, it, it all came back to me, and, and having the big picture, I found it quite emotional. So um, I just wanted to get that out there now. I'm free to talk about it. So we were taken outside the Morgan house, Dexter emerging, carrying a distraught, crying baby Harrison. And he holds Harrison up, doesn't he, and and just looks at him with this blank expression on his face. But Harrison is crying and crying, clearly terribly distressed by what's happened, and um, who could blame him? It was heartrending, Dexter just holding him up, looking at him, and I'm thinking, just, just cuddle him. But of course, Dexter, his head's swimming. He doesn't know, he doesn't know where to put himself. He's looking at this vulnerable baby in front of him trying to trying to compute what's happened and probably struggling to interpret the wave the the tsunami of emotions that must be rushing through his head fortunately deb arrives and kind of takes him out of that that fog if you like the police cars arrive the cavalry Deb arrives and Dexter's words from his lips, it was me. Definitely not the best choice of words. And Deb Deb gives him a right verbal kicking later for coming out with, with such an incriminating line. Even though all evidence so far seems to point to Rita being a Trinity victim. And and Deb, good good performance by Jennifer Carpenter in that scene. You can see the confusion, seeing Harrison with blood on him. She herself struggling to come to terms with what she must surely know has happened. And trying to be strong for Dexter. We cut back into the house and Masuka and Quinn are there. Masuka drops a wisecrack about having always wanted to see Rita naked but not like this. It was a ordinarily a typical Masuka wisecrack and we might have got a chuckle out of it had it been anybody else. It was typical Masuka to employ his his pervy sense of humour but he said it completely without humour. Well, I, I suppose I, I should go through my thoughts on the episode perhaps focusing certainly initially on Dexter and how he carried himself through the episode. I thought it was a great performance by Michael C. Hall. It was it was a quieter, more reserved performance, with with one or two exceptions. You know which bits I mean. But really, Dexter's reaction. I mean, we we know how how he struggled with with emotion, normal human emotions, and in displaying those emotions, interpreting those emotions, recognizing those emotions. But his reaction of well he he seemed pretty shell-shocked and i think that was quite possibly a very normal human reaction or quite a plausible human reaction some people could have just gone to pieces broken down completely devastated sobbing but i i think it's quite a feasible 
normal reaction for someone just to be dumbstruck, say very little, and kind of stare blankly. I don't see that as a cause for suspicion, as uh, as Quinn did. But people notice him not reacting, although for me his reaction is explainable. Deb sticks up for him, of course, and gives the FBI guys a bit of a gobful. Now initially we wonder how the police turned up so quickly and we soon discover that it was Dexter that made the 911 call. And we hear a replay of a good chunk of that call in which he sounds very emotionless, typically, as we know. But he gives forensic details of Rita's injuries, which, again, Quinn regards with suspicion. But some of the other colleagues in the police department, Batista for one, comes to Dexter's defence and says Dexter's so it's his life analysing crime scenes and, and it's automatic for him to notice details like that. And obviously he's studied enough Trinity cases to know the uh, the typical MO. So it's, it's, again, easily explainable as to how Dexter came out with such details, such clear details. Deb's very good to Dexter and takes him back to her apartment to stay there. Dexter, still shell-shocked, receives a call the next morning and it's from Rita's mother who is at Disneyland with or is it Disney World I don't know which one is in Florida um she's with Coda Coda Cody and Asta and at that moment I thought oh yeah the kids crikey as did Dexter and he's he's hit by the the steam train realization that oh shit I've got to explain to them how am I going to do that? And quite rightly, Dexter doesn't do it over the phone. He says, I just want them to have one more good day. And I found that a very touching line. And I think that was really good of Dexter. I mean, in one way, you could look at it suspiciously and think he bottled it. But no, I think he did the right thing there. He was putting the kids first. Let them enjoy their time while they can, because God knows they can have enough time to be upset in due course when they get home. So I think that was fine. Dexter, of course, goes with Rita. They've got a lot of things to sort... Sorry, Dexter goes with Deb. They've got a lot of things to sort out. They go to the funeral home, which um, more than one person has pointed out, uh, draws some parallels to Michael C. Hall's earlier show, Six Feet Under, which was uh, set in a funeral home. Dexter can't deal with the funeral director's questions. Now, again, could be a perfectly normal human reaction. It's pretty quick after Rita's gone that they're working out all these details. But Dexter walks away, leaves Deb to um, sort that out, and he he finds himself in one of the, I don't know what you'd, what you'd call the room, but there's, there's a coffin laid out and the body's on display and there are various upset relatives there. Um, and he goes in out of curiosity and, and observes uh, a, grieving, a grieving widow leaning over the coffin in tears. And it takes Dexter back to... Well, we get a flashback, and it's it's a fascinating flashback. Dexter and Rita's first date. And it seems like they'd never met before. Rita approaches Dexter. Incidentally, it was nice to see Julie Benz back. I, I don't know how much we'll see of her this season. This may well have been her final farewell. But it was a really nice glimpse into into their first date. Fills in a little bit more of their backstory. Rita's nervous, understandably. We know her history with, with her abusive marriage. And, of course, she and Dexter have never met before. I gather this is her first 
date since separating from her husband. Dexter too is a bit nervous. They've obviously been set up by Deb, as, as we know from before. But even then, we see how at that right at that first encounter, Dexter is lying to Rita, trying to maintain a, set, a, a facade of normality, trying to maintain a conversation. But we see quite clearly he's more interested in a man that's sitting at a table behind Rita. He's obviously scoping out his next kill. Dexter's polite to Rita, but makes an early exit and incapacitates the man in the car park and uh, then beats a hasty or bids a hasty farewell to Rita. So it's, it's lies from that early stage, but we later see in another flashback that this didn't put Rita off. Maybe a little bit of uh, woman's instinct, however flawed, because we obviously know Dexter's dark passenger, but uh, Rita's interested in seeing Dexter again, and they have a very sweet conversation. They both obviously liked each other. I, I don't know whether at that early stage Dexter saw an opportunity to obtain a little bit of normality, get a girlfriend, learn about normal human relationships. But I think it's fair to say his emotions were still pretty undeveloped and unexplored at that at that time. We snap back to the funeral home and Deb comes up to Dexter and wonders what he's been up to. And he says he was just thinking about, about Rita and, and Deb interjects, how much you miss her? Dexter kind of nods, but... In his head, we hear him say how much he lied to her from the very beginning. And you can see, you can see it hurts. He is absolutely racked with guilt. And through the episode, this doesn't get any easier for him. In fact, guilt piles upon guilt. It's smothering any other emotion that might otherwise show itself. So later, back at Deb's apartment, Astor and Cody arrive with the grandparents. Dexter gets them to sit down. Of course, they wonder where uh, Rita is. And... <laughs> Dexter receives a pair of Mickey Mouse ears, which um, once he starts to talk to them about Rita, he's, he's, he forgets that he's wearing them, which adds a very darkly comic um, touch to the, the scene. But, of course, there's, there's no real humour there at all, although, um, I'll be honest, I did afford myself a, a small chuckle seeing him basically tell the kids that their mother's dead wearing these comical-looking pair of Mickey Mouse ears. Of course, their reaction is understandable. They're upset. Asta takes it. Well, she she's the older of the two kids, and, and she reacts badly. And Dexter, oh, what does he say? I'm sorry for your loss. Honestly, I, if if I could have reached into the TV and slapped him heartily across the face, I would have done. I mean... I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking that. But what a thing to say. Talk about almost establishing sides in this. Just just a, a, a detached thing to say, but almost as if he's regressed. He's regressed, I don't know, five or six years to before he met Rita, to the Dexter of old. And uh, But I suppose under the circumstances, we can understand it. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Astor thankfully whips the ma the mouse ears off Dexter's head and um, runs outside. Dexter goes after her, and uh, I mean the, the question marks over the girl who plays Astor. I forget her name. Is it Christina? Christina Robinson? Is it? The questions about the quality of her performance, but the words that she spoke were so true. She says to Dexter, "You should have been there to protect 
mum, that was your job. And as I, as I said a few moments ago, guilt piles upon guilt. And she's, Asta was so right. Michael Seahall's delivery, as he says about wishing he could take it all back and that Rita was still alive, it's delivered almost as if he's reciting words he think he should say at that moment. And again, maybe that ties into him saying, I'm sorry for your loss, where he's saying the things he feels he should say rather than what he really feels. Although I'm sure genuinely he wishes he could take it back and wishes that she was still alive. But he's in that mode. Deb tries to offer Dexter a lot of very encouraging words. She's She's been very supportive of this episode and uh, that's that's good for him and, and, and says a lot for her character and how she feels about her, her foster brother. She tries to make him feel better but ends up just encouraging his guilt to mount up even more. She says about him being a good person and he says, I'm not. But she... Well, Dexter, he's in a, a bad place understandably i keep using that word but really that that's that's the word for it you can empathize and he's having a hard time coping hard time dealing with hard time coming to terms and 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 computing all these emotions in his head and he makes the decision to run he destroys evidence his lockup his computer he asks deb to look after harrison and there's a nice moment actually um where they share a hug and Dexter holds her really tightly, almost digging his fingers in. We we have a close-up of his of his hand digging in and you can see it's registered with Deb. But I think it... I found that very touching that, that Dex is almost... It, it just displayed his need, his need for the, the, the love and support. But rather than staying close to that, he decides to run. It doesn't show for his FBI interview. Sorry, I'm... I don't know if you can hear that, just to break away for a moment. I'm recording this in the car, as I so often do, and it's typical autumn British weather, and it's raining. So apologies if you can hear that. Uh, carrying on, Dexter takes the reckless move of... Well, he torches his, his lock-up, and I don't know. Surely there'd be reports of a fire, and, and police would investigate and maybe find all... I mean, he doesn't stick around to make sure that everything's destroyed. It's only one petrol can, and I don't know. There may still have been something, some remnants of evidence there and something for the police to go on. Whether that will come back later on in this season, I, I don't know. But um, it just struck me as slightly reckless. And then he leaves Harrison with a neighbour they hardly know, essentially forcing Harrison on Deb, because she turns up and finds Dexter gone, not knowing where he is. And he visits the Chapel of Rest to see Rita one last time, and he says some of the things he couldn't say in life. Although, for me, as I was listening to the things he was saying, OK, he said, I'm a serial killer. But the scene lacks something. I just felt he could have said so much more. Maybe shown much more, shown some true emotion, knowing he was in private with her. I was waiting for him to break down over her coffin. Just something. Even if he didn't break down, just... I don't know. Maybe just a single tear. I think that would have. Um, I think that would have increased the emotion of the scene. But maybe they're saving his first tear for later on. It's got to be coming though. And then he goes out in his boat and he runs out of fuel and it leads him to a shocking encounter with. Uh, oh, well, I was going to call him a redneck, but he. Oh, he was a dickhead, wasn't he? He was just asking for a kick in, and and as soon as I saw this guy 
um, effing and jeffing in the uh, in the shop as Dexter came in. I, I could see what was what was coming, and of course he baited Dexter in in a very obnoxious way, and he was just asking for a slap, but uh, he got a lot more than that. Um, I'd, I'd say a splitting headache uh, as he gets bludgeoned with. Uh, well, I guess it was an anchor, wasn't it? Dexter quite blatantly breaking his code. And subsequently, Harry appears to him for the first time since Rita's death. Now, I've been waiting for Harry to pop up before then. Um, obviously, we got uh, we did get a brief flash of him outside the house, but uh, it was very brief as far as Dexter was concerned, and he certainly wasn't able to talk to him. But very interestingly, and perhaps ominously... Harry, when he does appear, doesn't chastise Dexter for the killing. Indeed, he he said, what was the line? That's the first human thing I've seen you do since she died. So he almost he almost applauds him. Now whether that's now we know that this is in Harry's head. This is a voice in Harry's head in a voice in Dexter's head. Sorry, and and Harry's not really appearing to him. But I don't know. It's a worrying sign that Dexter's head is just. Just foobard at the moment, not surprisingly. And then we get the first outpouring of emotion from Dexter, which went through me, to say the least. I thought you'd left me. I'm here. It's okay, son. To show what you're feeling. just my heart just went out to him at that point the guy he's found himself a single father I mean we know his history losing his mum killing his brother he's he's had a shitty life and just as he's getting things together alright he's still got his dark passenger to deal with but he was he was content at least as far as he could be he had, he was a rich man. He had a, a wife who loved him. He had three kids, one of which was his own, uh, and two others that, well, although he'd never really talked about it, he probably thought of them as his own. And he had, certainly had a very close relationship with Cody. And all of this has just exploded in his face in the most brutal, violent, tragic way imaginable. And that scream. I think it was a mixture of grief, although he doesn't recognise it as grief, and the rage, the anger at himself, knowing that he could have prevented this. He could have done something about it. He could have killed. He had opportunities to kill Trinity last season. He had an opportunity to let Trinity kill himself, and he didn't take them. So for me, that was that that scene just. Uh, 
it, it struck it struck me at my core emotionally to see uh, to see Dexter on his knees pouring all that out in such an explosive way and he reaches a decision albeit through Harry that the kids need him and Dexter makes a decision to go back and just when everyone else thinks he's not going to show Dexter turns up a little bit dishevelled and I was thinking I hope he cleaned that toilet up a bit before he left because there'll be a hell of a lot of evidence there otherwise and Dexter seemingly having regained regains a little bit of order in his head perhaps and he gives a very she moving had a big heart big enough for both of us had to be I wasn't even human when we first met I never expected that to change she reached out and found something I didn't even know was there she never hurt anybody she was innocent and she died a brutal death and and I can't fix it But I know I have to try. Here in Miami with the people who knew her. Who, who, who cared about her. And who loved her. Like I did. Very moving words, particularly his inner omission that he loved her. That spoke volumes that he admitted that. And I think it's the first time we've heard him admit feelings of that nature towards Rita, towards anyone. So that was significant for the character. And that brought us to the end of the episode. For me, obviously I was very excited very much looking forward to this episode, to having some Dexter back on our screens. And I wasn't disappointed. I knew that we were going to be picking up from where season four left off. Having read a few on-set reports and seeing the previews, it was obvious the direction the episode was going to take. Now, I've not touched on the supporting characters so much. Maybe I should. Of course I should. Um... Deb, first of all, she was she was a rock for Dexter, and I thought that was a really grand gesture to go back to the Morgan house and clean up that terrible mess in the bathroom. And it seems that she was going she was expecting to do that on her own, and of course she found Quinn on the doorstep. And uh, well, if you heard the last podcast, you'd have heard me say that uh, one of our listeners, Matt Cook, had predicted that Quinn and Deb might get involved this season now i agreed with him and uh although i don't think either of us expected it to happen quite so soon now as far as deb con- was concerned i think her motivation was purely a reaction to the emotion that she was feeling the grief the upset 
and we've seen Deb react like that in the past. For Quinn, he obviously didn't resist her. Uh, now, was that just his... Uh, his <laughs> was that just his trousers overruling his head? Was that just a male reaction? Or did he see an opportunity to get close to Deb? And maybe get close to Dexter through Deb? Now, we talked about this in the last podcast with Heath and Donald. And that was my suspicion that if they did get together, that that would possibly be Quinn's motivation. Now, time will tell. We subsequently saw that Quinn's motivation for being on the doorstep at the Morgan house was perhaps purely to bump into Elliot, the next door neighbour. And when Quinn emerged, having given Deb one, uh, we we saw he had his opportunity and, and had a chat with Elliot. And of course he probes him uh, about Rita. Elliot plays it down. Um, but it gave Quinn a possible motive for Dexter maybe dispatching Rita himself. Now of course we see very clearly that the rest of the Miami PD, uh, Miami Homicide, um, they, not for a minute do they suspect Dexter. And there was a very telling line, a very significant line from Quinn that was so true. Quinn says to LaGuerta, if this was anyone other than Dexter, we'd be thinking like Look, detectives. If this were and he's anyone right. but Dexter, I'll play the clip. at least be thinking like detectives. Which means what? What do you always say? When the wife is dead, 90% of the time the husband did it. So, Quinn's about as suspicious as it's possible to get about Dexter. And uh, it does seem that, that Quinn's going to take on the Doak's role this season. Whether he ends up whether he ends up surviving to the end of the season remains to be seen. But it's clear that Quinn's going to be well and truly on Dexter's tail. Much to the inevitable annoyance of the likes of Batista and LaGuerta and Masuka and, uh, and Deb, most likely. So... That's about all I wanted to say as far as recap of the show and comments on what happened in the episode. I really enjoyed it. It was great to have Dexter back. It was a bit of an emotional roller coaster of an episode. I really felt for Dexter, and it was one of those where listener uh, feedback. I, I found it very moving in parts. Now um, I've had a little bit of feedback with regard to uh, other comments from you guys. First is, I got an email from Donald, who was on the podcast last week, and he writes, If any of you have ever seen the Buffy episode, The Body, then this episode of Dexter would obviously seem a little familiar. I did like this episode, but for some reason, Dexter seemed way too flat, even for Dexter. The scene with Asta broke my heart, but as we talked about on the podcast with Gareth, where was Cody? I would have loved to see his interaction with Dexter, but there was like one shot of Cody. Deb and Quinn sleeping together? Bleh! Quinn's character interests me because he seems to have it out for Dexter, which could lead to some good stuff. Batista was barely in the episode, but his character had gone dry to me anyway since his relationship with LaGuerta, and she had gone dry before that. I think one of them needs to die this year. Masuka was great, but could have used a little more of him. I hate to say it, but... This episode had almost too much Dexter. He was dragging around with his dull, monotone voice, and it was getting kind of old. Overall, the episode had some great setup, but it did drag on a little bit too much for me. 
So, Donald, I can see where you're coming from. It was a slower episode, but I think I think we needed time to get our heads round what had happened. I mean, it was a huge event for the show, not just for Dexter. And I think it was right that Dexter was walking around in a bit of a daze, his head in a, in a, in a fog, not knowing really what to do with himself. And his monotone voice, well, I think it was... I think it was even more monotone than normal because he just didn't know how to feel. He didn't know what these what these feelings were that were going through his head. He didn't know how to deal with them. So for me, yes, it was set up. We're, we're embarking on a new season. We don't know what everyone's going to be doing this season. We know that Dex has got uh, a, a lot on his plate. But for me, the pace of the episode was just fine. As as for the other characters, I don't mind not seeing too much of them this episode. It, for me, I really wanted to see how Dexter reacted in the aftermath of, of the murder. And uh, and we got that. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Another email I got from Tom Wilson of simplytelevision.blogspot.com, a good TV blog if you've not seen it before. He says, I like the opener, but I had a problem with how Dexter reacted to Rita's death. Over the course of the series, Dexter has always had a problem feeling genuine emotion, and I'd hoped that the death would have a more immediate changing effect on him. I wanted to see his actions at the end start right at the beginning. Effectively, I want to see him on a bloody rampage. I'd have preferred to see him killing than driving his boat randomly. So, obviously, uh, Tom has a bit of a blood loss going there, so, um, you know, that's that's his... Maybe he's got his own dark passenger he needs to uh, satiate from time to time. And uh, Tom does tweak quite a lot in the, the small hours of the night, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, his nocturnal activities... Uh... No, <laughs> sorry, Tom, I'm only joking, mate. Um, no, I, uh, I, I see your... I see your point of view. Dexter could have easily have just reacted had a knee-jerk reaction and just gone completely ballistic right from the word go and, uh, and and gone on a rampage and and that may still be yet to come this season we shall see um but i think they played it right i think it was good that he was he just didn't know how to handle these emotions and uh, we got that period of him just walking around in a daze if you'd like to send in any feedback to me you're very welcome the as I said at the beginning, I'll say it again now because uh, it would be great to get some voicemails. Hint, hint. The listener lines in the UK: it's oh eight four four five seven nine six nine four nine, and you enter mailbox ID zero eight three two zero. That number may be accessible from elsewhere in Europe. I've not tried it. I'm not got anyone to try it. But if you'd like to, please do. Listeners in the UK in the US can call two zero six. Three five zero six one six six. Both those those numbers are twenty four seven. You can call any time, and I'd be really pleased to hear from you. The email address is dissectingdexter at gmail dot com, and you can follow us on Twitter, dissect dexter. Next time on dissecting dexter. The next episode is called Hello Bandit which brings back memories of an infamous episode titled last season, Hello Dexter Morgan. But uh, on this occasion, I can't interpret too much from the episode title alone, so we'll see what happens. Dexter seemingly has now made his decision to stick around and be there for Deb and the children. But also he's recognised that he, he needs them too, so 
it'll be interesting to see how his grieving process obviously we recognize it's a grieving process but maybe he doesn't yet but it'll be interesting to see how that develops hopefully we'll see uh, a little bit of the old dexter we know and love seeping back through and there seems to be a little bit of impatience amongst uh, a little bit of impatience amongst certain uh, portions of the audience to uh, to see that coming through and maybe uh, we'll return to him having his, uh, his his beloved kill of the week shall we call it another aspect coming out of this first episode is the worrying fact that harry didn't admonish dexter for killing that redneck Indeed, he almost applauded it, as I said, uh, as he said the most human thing he'd seen him do since Rita died. So, is Dexter going to go off the rails? Harry has always seemed to be kind of like his his conscience. So, if his conscience is now not bothering to uh, enforce the code, then is Dexter, as I say, now going to go off the rails and uh, start killing willy-nilly, whoever willy-nilly is? But you know what I mean. Okay, so we'll look forward to that. Again, I shall be back a few days after the episode airs in the US with a review podcast. Um, This time round, well, it's been slightly... Slightly different to the way I do the podcast for the rewatches, where I go into a, a lot more detail about exactly what happens in the episode by way of recap. Uh, here, I've just tried to focus more on my reaction, um, and I'm aware that the length of this podcast is, is stretched to almost the same as uh, as the season one rewatches. I didn't expect that to happen, but um, and maybe they'll become even longer depending on uh, how much feedback comes through. Um, but I won't mind that because uh, feedback is, is great to get and I look forward to hearing what you guys think of of the podcast and particularly Dexter Season 5. So um, thanks to those who have already sent in feedback, Donald, Tom, uh, Amy, Jay Can't Get Enough, uh, Matt. So yeah, any and all feedback, comments, theories, predictions, whatever, very much welcome. Voicemail or email, dissectingdexter at gmail.com. The US listener line 206 350 6166, and in the UK it's 0844 579 6949, and enter mailbox ID 08320. Okay, that's me done. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>